Hello, and welcome to the ChannelBuzz.ca podcast. I'm Robert Dutt, editor of ChannelBuzz.ca, and as always, your host for the show. Uh, Today we're kicking off a multi-part series we're going to do over the next few months with Cisco taking a look at the opportunity around managed services. Uh, We'll be joined by Aaron Smurl and Enrique Villegas to discuss how Cisco views managed services and why they're so top of mind for Cisco and customers alike these past few years. Uh, We discussed the total addressable market for managed services in Canada and how that's trending, uh, the customer lifecycle focus for partners around managed services, uh, the evolution of Cisco's MSP programs, how Cisco engages with educates and incentivizes MSPs and how partners, both traditional Cisco partners and otherwise, can learn a bit more and get involved if they see so fit. Uh, It's a great conversation, so let's get right into it. My chat with Aaron Smurl and Enrique Villegas. All right, Aaron, Enrique, thanks so much for taking the time and and joining us. Thanks for having us. you um, so it's it's a big topic, managed services, and it's it's a topic that is uh, so all encompassing in in the channel space, and it, c- it can mean uh, so many different things to many different organizations, depending on what aspect you're delivering, depending on what aspect you're viewing it from. So maybe to open it up, let's let's start by sort of level setting things and and saying from a Cisco perspective, when you're talking about managed services, you know what's what's kind of the definition you're working from? Uh, that is a great question, Rob, because. I think um, in my history in the tech space, managed services has taken on different iterations and definitions for different people based on where they work, what industry vertical they're supporting, or what their core function is within a company. But if we want to unpack that a bit more and look at it from a Cisco perspective, when we're talking about managed services, what we're really talking about is managed outcomes. Customers are looking to purchase something that's going to deliver an outcome or an experience. And that's really what we consider the backbone or the foundation of managed services. They're not just buying one thing and it's done. They want something that will allow them to achieve their end outcome for their business or their organization, regardless of what that might be. So for Cisco, it's really not just managed services. It's managed outcomes. And that's kind of how we like to think about it. All right. Um, to that point, and I, I think this partially in, in your that answer partially informs this, but um, uh, managed services you know, starting from from kind of I as a partner take over your your IT stack and manage on your behalf and moving towards that managed outcomes you described there uh, has been a trend as, as long as we've been doing channel buzz and is certainly one of the driving factors in the uh, in the channel and, and in the business. But uh, over the last two years, when I when I go to things like Cisco Partner Summit, I feel like I'm hearing more from Cisco and and your peers about managed services and it, it's not just from you know Oliver Chutzik it's from uh, it, it's from Chuck on the main stage at customer facing events even the topic of managed services delivery is coming up and i'm hearing it more from customers the folks who are ultimately the consumers of these managed services delivered by partners in Cisco um what do you feel is driving that acceleration uh, I think when we think about what's accelerating driving the need for managed services, there can be you know so many different reasons. But if we wanted to unpack it to a select few in terms of you know where Cisco is understanding uh, the opportunity, we could probably you know rewind a couple of years and go back to the pandemic. The pandemic was a huge inflection point for our customers when they suddenly had to shift moving thousands of employees from an on-premises in-office environment and putting them into a remote capacity, which a lot of IT departments 
never really thought about that as something that was going to happen and not that quickly. And as a result of that, it really exposed a lot of companies to risk, not only from security, but also productivity and revenue loss. I like to think of it as, um, you know, the pandemic sort of caused some of the skeletons to come out of the closet when it came to customers and realizing they had to rethink their IT posture and how they were being uh, much more thoughtful in preventing and looking around the corner to ensure that they weren't put in this situation again. So I would say the pandemic, definitely an inflection point. Um, and as an offshoot of that, uh, one thing we're definitely seeing in the market right now is, you know, I think it was once termed the great resignation. Now, I think we all just think of it as there is a labor shortage um, mm -hmm. within the market and that puts customers at risk. Some of the bigger enterprise customers um, maybe would be less impacted because their organizations are bigger, their funding models are different, they operate differently. But if we bring it down to the commercial mid or small, the ability for them to be continuously having to recruit, hire, train, and retain talent at the rate that it's turning over nowadays, it puts them at risk of being able to sustain proper IT environments for their organization to be able to achieve their outcomes. And so the opportunity for a partner to step in and provide a managed services model creates much more security and sustainability for the end customer to continue to manage their business effectively and efficiently. And then, of course, there's a couple of other things. You know, we think about stuff like the shift to the cloud, the buying model that goes along with that, where customers are getting more familiar and comfortable with subscription-based purchasing models wow. as a service-based models, where it's not an upfront investment, but it's a pay-as-you-go that allows for more elasticity in how they're using and consuming the IT resources and services that they need. So it creates a bit more flexibility for the end customer. And then, of course, uh, I think, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the ever-shifting and changing landscape of technology. I mean, mm. I look back 10, 12 years ago, and it would take months for stuff to change and shift, and, and companies were okay with taking long, a long time to deploy a new offering, a new software, a new upgrade. But that's not the case anymore. Technology is changing at a rate that our customers are just not able to keep up with. They want the latest and greatest, but to then buy the architecture and operationalize and monitor that is a huge challenge, and it's a lot of overhead cost. So bring in a partner that can take on that burden that is the latest and greatest technology and access to it by virtue of being in partnership with companies such as Cisco. It really allows the customer to free up some of that uh, overhead in terms of training and making sure their people and their technology is up to snuff when a customer or a partner can really look at that for them and make sure that they're positioned effectively to do what they need to do to manage their outcomes. Um, uh, we've heard... Uh, managed services described as as Cisco's biggest route to market opportunity by by Chuck and by Oliver and and in in previous conversations I think uh, Zach made a comment around uh, seeing managed services as being worth half of the Canadian business TAM as as soon as 2025. Um, in in terms of sizing up the opportunity here in Canada, what can you tell me about where we're at and where it's going? Well, Zach was he was right and. The notion of or this, you know, commentary around the market size of the market opportunity for managed services in Canada being about half of our existing Cisco TAM or the way that we look at the Cisco total addressable market, uh, 100% on point. 
And we still hold true to that number today. And in fact, uh, you know, I would, I not having a crystal ball and recognizing their shifts and changes in the economy, but looking at mm -hmm. the evolution and the growth and the change uh, in technology would say that by 2025 and beyond, that total addressable market is only going to continue to grow. Like just looking at Cisco technology alone, our architectures are constantly evolving and shifting. We're updating, we're adding new features and capabilities that customers are going to want to purchase. And on that, you know, they'll want the managed services to go along with it. So when we think about managed services as half of the Canadian business TAM by 2025, I would say for sure that's going to continue to grow and evolve, but that TAM is going to continue to grow mm -hmm. incrementally as our product sets improve and evolve and shift. And along with it will be the managed services opportunity there. I, I also feel like to your to your point there that once once customers are comfortable with those first couple services in a managed service kind of mode, they're going to be even more receptive to that idea uh, of managed mm -hmm. services as the way of acquiring those new features that you mentioned. Absolutely. And I would even say, you know, it really creates a longstanding lifecycle based engagement model from a customer to a partner managed services. Uh, you know, you're buying the architecture, the partner can come in with the service to help you deploy, run, adopt, use, and also help upsell or add on incremental features over the lifetime of that contract that you have with the customer. So I look at managed services, TAM, not just associated with the product TAM that we have in market, but also mm -hmm. what does that you know, entire customer life cycle look like? Because once the customers purchase that relationship at the end of the day with the partner, um, it can take so many different routes in terms of how you can expand the offering, how you how do you become your IT business partner's best friend so that you're always serving up the latest and greatest and keeping them secure and protected, but doing it in a way that is financially viable and efficient and quick so that, again, you're creating this sort of symbiotic relationship that allows for a longer-term lifecycle engagement model there outside of simply just hardware refreshes or you know, software updates. Um, you guys have had a, a managed services program or, or programs that addressed MSPs for, for a long time, going back many years now. How are those evolving and, and how is the evolution occurring in terms of how you guys are thinking about engaging with partners who deliver managed services today? Uh, this is true. We've had uh, several programs, we still do, that sort of span the gamut of Cisco and how uh, we work with our partners, but specifically on the managed services front and probably something a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners might not be aware of because it's really coming in pockets here and there is um, the managed, we have a provider program that's really focused on managed services partners. And that program has been around for a while. In the past, um, we've had partners maybe taking less and less advantage of it. And so last year, the organization took the proactive step to listen to the partners and really understand what is it about the program that's not jiving for you? What are those blockers that are preventing you from wanting to become uh, a managed services provider to become part of our provider program? And they've since made tweaks to the offering that we have in market. So as of the rollover of our new fiscal year, so August 1st, um, our provider program has actually added some incremental value to partners. And the provider program is really structured in a way that there are different tiers. And within those mm -hmm. tiers, it can go in so many different directions based on what the partner offering is, what their maturity model is, 
um, you know, what their deal sizes are. But at the end of the day, the program's been optimized to ensure that partners are getting the most value out of it. And that doesn't include simply just rebates. There's MDF dollars associated with that. There's access to specific resources and support so that our partners are kind of, you know, they're getting a nice white glove experience as they want to move up the stack and for the provider program, whether it's, you know, your select, your premier, your gold, each experience will be different and unique to the partner. But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure the partner is seeing the profitability and the value in that. And so I would say if I think about the programs, to me, that's one of the richest ones that we have specifically in the managed services space that will really help our partners um, light up their offerings Mm -hmm. uh, to the end customer. That's that's sort of the strategic level in terms of of building the building the practice and and building the business. Um, on on the tactical side, what can you tell me about what you guys are doing, kind of in the the short to medium term to to build awareness in the channel, uh, to to provide training and and to incentivize partners um, around managed services and and opportunities in in managed services with you guys. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to take an internal lens and then I'm actually going to flip it to to Enrique for a bit of an external lens. But internally, sure. um, one of the biggest gaps that we had to solve for within Cisco was helping our sellers understand the value of managed services and which partners we have out there that can deliver unique, differentiated offers to the end customer. And so from an internal lens, we went on what we call a roadshow experience over the first half of our fiscal year. And it really had was the intent was to bring our partners into an audience of our sellers to be able to pitch their offers, pitch their capability, showcase some unique customer experiences that they've had that have really allowed them to become sort of the best of breed managed services partners in Canada. And the intent or the outcome of that was to ensure that our partners were getting connected directly into our sales organization so they could go co-sell together under this notion of let's drive managed services as this massive right to market opportunity. So we've been doing a lot of internal marketing, which our partners have really, um, those that have participated to date, have found to be really beneficial for them because it's giving them a platform. It's allowing them to uh, kind of come to the table and really showcase their capability and and drive better connection into um, Cisco. Uh, And then in addition to that, obviously, we're doing um, smaller set regional engagements. The intent here is to really make sure that if we're talking to our partners about building managed services capability, that we're walking the walk internally and really driving that right engagement and momentum with our sales organizations to then bring into the end customer. And then from an external view, this is where Enrique comes in. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, the, the partner is not alone when they want to, you know, generate demand, capture the demand that is in the market. So we have, in addition to that, uh, the marketing velocity platform where the partner can bring different marketing assets, marketing campaigns. They can um, go with different agencies to execute the, the campaigns they want or they need based on the solutions, based on the different interests and outcomes that the partners are pursuing. So um, we can train them in sales enablement. We can we are doing also the marketing enablement as well. So um, to go in both fronts to capture the demand. So uh, the partner is not alone. We are building great experiences for them. So, so if I'm uh, if I'm a partner today who's uh, who's got a managed services practice or looking to build those managed services and do so with Cisco, 
Or conversely, if I'm that more traditional reseller type of Cisco partner uh, who's starting to think about building out managed services, where do I where do I go to learn more about that uh, that interaction with you guys, and what are kind of my first steps to uh, to making that happen? Uh, absolutely, a great question. Um, for some of our managed partners, so those that have a partner account manager or a distribution account manager, that would really be your first point of contact initiate the conversation with them and they will pull in my team and all the incremental resources that we have to really kick off the conversation, not only around the programmatic approach, but what that long-term strategy is so we can do a proper discovery and alignment on how we go and help support and work together to build out managed services offerings. If you are not a managed partner uh, and you want to learn more about what managed services uh, support, what resources, what it means to be a, a managed services partner with Cisco, you can go to cisco.com slash go slash partner managed. And that is really a one-stop shop of all of the information you need about the provider program, what type of Cisco-powered service offerings we have in place to help you get started in your practice, um, in addition to examples of where we've seen partners be really successful in the managed space from a global lens. Um, just a plethora of information there to, to help you get started. And if you're not a Cisco partner at all and you're listening to this and you want to become part of our Cisco partner network, um, cisco.com slash go slash partner. Great starting point. Again, gives you visibility to all of the programs, um, all of the ways that Cisco is working with our partners to continue to build and grow our ecosystem. Another good point for, for uh, getting in touch with Cisco is through the distribution. So mm -hmm. if you are working with a DST in the market, certainly they can uh, put you in contact with the, with the team in Canada. So um, that's, that's a, another good point as well. We covered a lot of ground and uh, managed services is a big topic. I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty of room for future conversations around this topic as well. Awesome. I mean, I got to say, I was really excited to be able to come and chat with you today, Rob. I, as If you can't tell, managed services is probably one of my favorite <laughs> topics when it comes to the line of work that I'm in. And so really excited to have the time with you today to really talk about what Cisco's doing, how we're thinking about managed services, and also, you know, the benefit and value add to the partner and how we can help our mm -hmm. partners continue to grow and evolve their business and really work towards that total addressable market opportunity that we see in front of us. Appreciate you both taking the time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it. Part one of my conversation with Aaron Smurl and Enrique Villegas about the managed services opportunity in the Canadian market. Uh, I'd like to thank Aaron and Enrique for joining us for the podcast. Thanks, Cisco, for their continuing support of the site. And, of course, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll catch up with Aaron and Enrique a bit more later this month as we take an even more granular look at how a solution provider can launch or grow their managed services business. Uh, the ChannelBuzz.ca podcast, though, will be back next Tuesday as our New Year's podcast series will continue and we're joined by Enable's Frank Coletti to discuss the year that was 2022 and preview what we can expect from Enable over the course of this year. Until then, we'd invite you to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app of choice so you never miss an episode. And should you feel so inclined, please do leave a brief review and a star rating. I think five is a nice number, don't you? All right, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, I'm Robert Dutt for ChannelBuzz.ca. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you around the channel.